Welcome to Call the Binge Wife. Have you experienced an episode of your life where you find it hard to decide? We all go through seasons where it just seems we cannot find what we're looking for, eventually spiralling out of control while doom scrolling a menu with far too many options. That's when you need Call the Binge Wife. Ruth and Roger have emptied their bladders, grabbed their favourite snacks and spent countless hours watching TV to help you figure out what to skip and what to binge. So sit back, relax and call the binge wife. Now, here are your hosts, Ruth and Roger. Thanks, Andrew. Welcome to another episode of Call the Binge Wife, where Roger and I review a season of TV we have binged together. Roger, what show are we covering in this episode? Hello, binge friends. We are talking about Loot, the nonprofit office comedy from Apple+. Plus. What's the synopsis, Ruth? The series starts with tech mogul John Novak on his wife Molly's 45th birthday. He buys her a yacht with four swimming pools for her birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, we see the four swimming pools and throws an over-the-top bash at their over-the-top mansion in the Hollywood Hills. She finds his assistant Haley in their bedroom at the party, which is not a spoiler. And the secret is out that her husband is having an affair with her. Molly divorces him and soon has an $87 billion settlement. (sighs) Yeah. To figure out what to do with and to figure out herself and what's next. She gets a call from her charitable foundation, which she didn't know she had, and is told by the foundation director, Sophia, that her antics reflect poorly on the foundation after her lavish trip around the world with her loyal assistant, Nicholas. Molly admits her lack of purpose, and then she takes a new interest in the foundation, reclaiming her maiden name, Wells, so Molly Wells, and her long disused office at the foundation, which she also didn't know she had. Her distant cousin Howard is the foundation's IT specialist, and the divorced accountant is another key co-worker in the mix. What follows is Molly trying to find her way and to do the right thing, initially partially motivated or a lot motivated by her husband making fun of the foundation and her ability to run anything. But eventually, because of her confidence and ability to bring a team together and make a difference. So, Roger, give us some of the show data. Yeah, the show's loot. It's in its first season. It dropped June 2022, so it's been out a little while, but there's a new season coming. It's rated TVMA. Where to watch again is Apple Plus. The amount of episodes was 10. The genre is definitely comedy. Production staff of note is Maya Rudolph as the executive producer. And the cast of note is, again, Maya Rudolph as Molly, uh, Michaela Rodriguez as her foundation president, Nate Fanix as the accountant, Joel Kim Booster as her assistant, Nicholas, and Ron Funches as her cousin Howard, who, as Ruth said, works in the IT department. The Rotten Tomato scores, critics had this about at 83%, and viewers at a little bit lower to 61%. So it's interesting. The response may not have been quite as good as the critics thought it was. So Ruth, why did we decide to watch this show? I liked the trailer on this one. Again, we've been talking about trailers lately, and I am a fan of Maya Rudolph and her work, especially on Saturday Night Live. I also really like watching women stepping into their own power and redemption piece and 
and finding themselves kind of factor. How about yeah. you, Roger? Yeah, another Apple Plus show that gets lost uh, in all the different content offered on the platform. You know, they have MLS soccer and they've you know, got movies yeah. you can buy and rent. And so sometimes I think the good stuff kind of gets lost. So I believe it popped on uh, the suggestions because we had watched Ted Lasso, but hadn't heard anything about it. So uh, like you, we enjoy Saturday Night Live. Maya's work there and the trailer gave her uh, gave a clear picture of the main storyline. And I was interested. I was hooked because I love watching rich people be a little nutty. So <laughs> it's yeah, and, and at the same time, get their come up. And so I was in no, yeah. no, no doubt about it. Before we move on to our three positives and one negative about loot. So, sweetie, what else are we reviewing this season? Yeah, we're reviewing uh, FUBAR season one on Netflix with Arnold Schwarzenegger. The After Party season one on Apple Plus and Jewish Matchmaking season one on Netflix. That's right. And don't forget about our special episode of Call the Binge Wife behind the scenes coming out July 13th. Roger, who will we be interviewing this season? Yeah, we have an insightful interview with Aliza Ben Shalom. Uh, she's the main matchmaker on Jewish Matchmaking on Netflix. And it was great to have her and get to talk to her and get some some of the scoop behind how yes. the show operates. That was so, it's so amazing talking to her. I felt like, what's the word? Stars, little starstruck. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, wow, we're actually talking to her. It took a minute. We're talking to Elisa from the show. And I'm like, wow, she's just a cool person. And then I just wanted to keep talking. We have also just launched a website for this podcast where you can search for a new show to binge three different ways. Listen to this podcast. And what else, Roger? Yeah, call the bingewife.tv. You can also find ways to connect with us with links to our Instagram account, Facebook group, and our email address as well. Find information on upcoming Call the Binge Wife behind the scenes interviews. And finally, if you find our podcast entertaining or helpful in discovering the next great show for you to binge watch, help others do the same by giving us a rating right now on your podcast app of choice while you're listening. It's as easy as scrolling through and clicking on the stars there you go okay roger now back to our review of loot what was your first positive yeah i think maya does a great job of playing an out-of-touch billionaire she has no clue yeah. what's going on in the world or what things take and um having personal experience with people that have a lot of money she does a great job of portraying the psychological aspects of that main character i think and i just really enjoyed watching her you know kind of roast rich people up. yeah i think you know a lot of people have asked is loot based on a true story and i looked that up and mm -hmm. the creators is alan yang and matt hubbard they found they were inspired in mckenzie scott split from jeff bezos so i thought that's really interesting yeah. too around this although i'm sure mckenzie scott was a little bit more in touch than molly was but or yeah in the show yeah but yeah uh, yes we oh we hope so yeah so what's your first <laughs> positive, Ruth? I also, I loved um, Maya playing Molly as well. The arc of her character development. And as I mentioned and why we watched it, seeing a woman come into her power and abilities. And I loved watching her finding belonging at the foundation and her purpose. Of course, with a lot of blunders and twists <laughs> and turns. 
it's a reminder for anyone not to lose their individuality, even after you're in a relationship, in any kind of a relationship. I think it's relatable how much money you have. I mean, this is a lot of money, but you don't have to be a billionaire to experience shallow people hurting your feelings, people underestimating you and being at start of a new chapter after the end of a of a relationship. So I know we have both been there, uh, probably dating as well. But after marriages, it's like, wow, big. This, it's a big start. Yeah. Who am I? <laughs> yeah. To... What am I doing? Yep. Who am I? Yeah. How about your second positive? Yeah, I was uh, originally suspicious of Molly's story arc and the character growth over the season. It kind of went back and forth. But the writers did a good job of showing glimpses of the change that could come in her character um, and what she was going through. But then she would kind of revert back to old ways. But <laughs> in the end, they got there. You know, like so many of these shows we review, if you stick it out, you you may get a payoff. And so for me, it definitely paid off in that final episode. Yes, absolutely. Me too. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that okay. in one of mine. <laughs> so go ahead and do your second. So my second positive, I thought it was a little bit too coincidental that her cousin Howard works in IT at our foundation, but was that nepotism or he didn't a name drop? I, I don't know. Uh, I love him and the background story of her family, mm. you know, their family together and how she reconnects with them eventually, especially her cousin Renee. And it, it explains a few things in the past. Yeah, I can imagine if your cousin was a billionaire. You'd, you'd probably see if you, you could probably, get a job. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. But it was funny because Molly had forgotten that she, that, that was even a thing. She's like, oh, what are you doing here? You, you know, so. <laughs> like, was, like, why, why are you yeah. here? Yeah, that's so true. Okay, what is your third positive about Luke? Yeah, I did like the diversity of Molly's staff. Um, there's lots of different people on the staff, lots of different sexual orientation and people from different backgrounds. And I really enjoyed that piece of it, having worked in the nonprofit world uh, to see kind of, mm-hmm. you know, that representation I thought was really good. And I know your third's going to probably talk a little bit about that. So uh, I won't, I won't go much further than that, but yeah, I thought there was good representation. Um, I imagine if you went to downtown to Seattle and went to the big Gates foundation, you know, hopefully you'll find the same thing. So I was, I was pleased with that. Hopefully, yes. And did you, were you saying in, in your experience in the nonprofit world that you had diversity of staff? Uh, not, not in the place that I worked, but for most of the others. Yeah. Well, the last yeah. nonprofit I worked at technically was, was that way. We did have a good amount of diversity um, on the staff, not necessarily in leadership, but uh, on the staff. That on was. the staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when I, the nonprofit before that, I networked a lot. And so there, there was a decent amount of representation in that network of nonprofits. That's interesting. I mean, I, I suppose I, I work for a public entity now, but working for the Japan America Society, of course, there was a certain diversity, but yeah, diversity within the, all the consulate offices near us. So that was fun too. So what's your third positive thing, Ruth? My third is Michaela Antonia J. Rodriguez. That's so say it. I think she, there's, she has four names, but she played Sophia Silvis, the foundation director. 
So I love her facial expressions, mannerisms, and how unimpressed she was with Molly's money <laughs> and actions, especially initially. But yeah, she's a trans actor and I love, I would love to watch her in some other things. Did we see her in something else? I know we were looking for her. No, we when we watched with love, there was some, we weren't sure if... Uh, the one cousin was her, not made to look it up, but it, oh, yes, it was. Actor, so it was Isis. I forget her last name, but Isis. yes, that's right. I've read some of the reviews that say Sophia like could never talk like that to a founder in real life, but this is TV and we need people to start talking truth to money and power more. So it was really satisfying. I also think she was, you know, she had been on her own, like no one, like neither molly or her husband cared about the foundation so she just yeah. kind of been doing her own thing and then all of a sudden molly shows up has she's like, no idea what's going on yeah what are you doing here so, and then you know, yeah i would imagine if i was in that position i'd take the risk and say the truth and if i got fired i got fired but but you know here comes molly trying to do her thing and not listening to her not you know not listening to sophia you know i'm sure that brought her some angst you know it's like i've been here i've been doing it so either get on board or i'm gone so right and you're so out of touch and your debauchery is giving (laughs) the foundation a bad name (laughs) i don't want to give a whole lot away but she goes to an event and molly busts in and gives a speech and it was just totally inappropriate so bad (laughs) so bad so yeah i would be a little upset too if the founder came in and didn't know what the heck they were doing so yeah absolutely so what is your negative about the show yeah this is uh, falls on the personal lines i don't think you know after 30 episodes i don't think i've done this yet but there was a character i just didn't like so i really didn't like joel kim's character of nick or and he plays mm-hmm. a, a hanger on a leech uh, a barnacle on the underside of Molly's boat that has three <laughs> tools on it, and uh, or four, yeah, yeah three. <laughs> three or four, whatever it is. Joel is awesome in the role. It would be realistic in Molly's life that she has someone around her that is just a vampire, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's, that's what he is. But I really don't like those kind of people in life, and so it, it was very hard to like him. And even when he did start to connect with other people on the staff. It, it like didn't stick. It was like, yeah, we're buddies, but no, 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 we're not. <laughs> so, so, yeah. you know, it, I, it's that whole thing of, he felt like he had a station because of his proximity to Molly. And I just, those kind of people just don't make it with me. <laughs> you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you, you can't just have proximity and have the same kind of, you know, presence as, as someone that is really has the money and really is paying for all your trips, you know, and your vacations and, all that kind of stuff. So, and your meals. So I just, I don't have a lot of respect for those people. Joel did a great job, but it just, yeah, it just it, the character kind of rubbed me the wrong way, which is totally petty and, and personal. So, no, so. I get that. Is it proximity by it or proximity? I don't know if it's the phrase, but I, you know, he became friends with Howard. Kind of. Kind of. Didn't he have some more growth in the end? But kind of, yeah, he is annoying. So I think that Joel did a great job. Pulling teeth growth, I think is really what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Old habits die hard. So Ruth, what was was your uh, negative for the show? So yes, circling back, I said I would talk more about this. So I I mentioned this earlier that I was talk about this, but I think the show's last 15 minutes should have been more of where it started. So- 
Molly is clearly motivated by being shamed personally by, mm-hmm. by her ex-husband and her former friends who all, they all replaced her while the series kind of the insists she's acting altruistically. But I think that's honestly realistic. Oh, I could kind of see that happening. So maybe this is a mixed negative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the show should have been a bit harder on Molly at first. Mm. Like the no amount of philanthropy, that's a hard word to say, can solve systemic problems caused by the capitalistic viewpoint. But I'm glad we got to that story in the end. And that's part, it's a satire, right? It's a comedy. So I just think it's really interesting. And a lot of episodes to get there. You know, like I said earlier, you think you were searching for it. Like I said earlier, like, you know, if you, if you wait for the payoff, it's there. It takes a little time to get there, but yes. I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. The payoff is there. But it takes a long time to get there. And sometimes it's painful to watch. <laughs> yeah. You're getting there. You know, it's like, oh, why'd you say that? Or why'd you do that? Or, you know. Yeah. But that's but, kind yeah. of the point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a couple times, you know, it's kind of like Nicholas's character too. She does the right thing, but then she ruins it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and she, you know, one step forward, two steps back type of thing. And 10 episodes is a long way, even at a half an hour an episode, it's still a long <laughs> yeah. way to get there. So it That's was, right. it was super nice that she finally got there at the end. It was. That's right about Nicholas too. It's like, you think he was taking a step in the right direction. You're like, oh Yeah psych no maybe not so okay it's the moment of truth <laughs> babe so what do you think skip it or binge it yeah i say binge it uh, you know maya rudolph's just a genius comedically i think and uh, her presence alone is worth it I-, I think that we're seeing a lot of these large ensemble cast shows coming out now because there's so much content that the streamers are, are pushing out that there are great people that are finally getting a little bit more exposure in that, in that realm um, mm-hmm. that they may have, you know, they may have been in three lines someplace else, but when they're on a show like this, they're getting lots of lines. Um, just like, uh, just like Ron Funches, right. Her, the guy that plays her cousin been around the industry yeah. for a very long time, a super funny comedian and mm-hmm. has had some parts in other shows, but nothing that gave him this much exposure and he's just freaking phenomenal. He plays, you know, he's kind of a, not, a, I wouldn't say simpleton, but he's just, he's just basic. And, and it's, you know, his, <laughs> yeah. his worries aren't Nick's and Molly's right. Of where the yeah. next bottle of champagne's coming from. His worry is, is his car going to make it home? And and he does that all in a very uh, lighthearted way. He's just a very, yes, fun guy and he just does a great job and i think even being around for so long he's never gotten that chance to really shine so i uh, although sometimes i'm i get obsessed with you know trying to figure out all the content that's out there to be able to watch but i'm also glad there's so much because people like ron punches um nate fix and you know those people are getting even joel kim even though i don't like his character you know I, they're getting more exposure uh because there's a, you know the streamers have so much need for content to compete with one another and so i'm glad for that uh, because this cast really does do a great job of coming together being a team on on screen but also being a team in the story as far as coming together as the office and 
yeah, yeah. making the impact. So I say binge it. That's a great point. I love that. Yeah, they do really come together. What about you? Skip it or binge it? Yes, I also say binge it. It's fun to see a woman kick ass and give lots of money mm-hmm. away. Yeah. <laughs> it's comedy satire. And oh my gosh, there's some, there are a few big, huge cliffhangers at the end. So I say binge it. Get ready for season two. Yeah, as soon as the writer's strike ends. <laughs> Oh, I yeah. Right? Got to get that writer strike. Got to get those people paid. So yeah, um, that's so true. Loot season two is one of those has been shut down because of it. So hopefully it ends soon so they can get its second season done and get it out there for us. Get it out there for us to see what happens. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Our review of Loot on Apple Plus. We hope this review has been helpful to you. And remember, when you don't know what to watch next... Call, Call the, the binge, binge wife. wife. Oh, two thumbs up. Did we do good? I think I so. I feel we'll like see. you're delayed, but we'll see. Nope. Yep. If I start, thank you.